Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the three on three pod i'm one of your co-hosts chris williamson we are so excited to be back with y'all we've got my main man michael smith filling in for tarika foster brasby who uh, is living it up in petty mike but we also got somebody really special first time live on the podcast our girl Dee richards who's been hooping it up in australia for the sydney flames Dee. <laughs> 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 what is what's I'm, going on, Didi? How, how you living though? Living down under, like you said, sleepy. But I'm so happy to be here. Like I'm like ecstatic right now. <laughs> now I need to know. We need to shout you, your brother, out though, because he was balling McNeese State the other Honestly, day. He was hooping, like beyond hooping. You guys, like it's his sophomore year. Now that we're gonna shout him out, let me go ahead and give him his flowers you feel me so <laughs> it's his sophomore year he was at utsa his freshman year and so he's under the will wade effect and everybody knows will wade i feel like the college coach from lsu so now he's now at mcneese with my brother and their team watching them just change the defense like they were yesterday and put pressure and make turnovers the way they were it was just super exciting to watch although ESPN Plus isn't supported out here, so I don't know why I'm acting like I was watching. Uh, I, was reading, I was reading the play-by-play. Yeah. Play. I was like, turnover, turnover, turnover. <laughs> he had like four threes in the first half. He has this issue with putting two halves together, though. Like, my dad, the first thing he texted was, still can't put two halves together because he had four threes in the first half, one three in the second half. So, easy on my brother. But he still had 17 points in his sophomore year game debut, so I was excited. <laughs> Hey, look, we were all excited. Um, but, let, I mean, your brother's hooping, right? He's going to put two halves together eventually. But you were hooping, too. Like, you were showing that mid-range, ga- that mid-range game off the other week for the Sydney Flames. Like, little in and out, you know, things pull up. Like, oh, you're going to drive? Nope, pull up. Like, come on, you've been, you've been in the gym. 
You've been you in the gym. Me? You know, I've been working on my fitness. What Fergie said, I've been just working <laughs> on my fitness. I'm not lying. Like, it's really fun to get out here. And, like, it's. I feel like I'm able to be myself. Like, you know what? Analytics back in the States, it's really hard to pull the mid-range game out. I feel like you only see, like, what? Jimmy Butler, maybe Kawhi, every now and then pull out a mid-range game. The three It's three in layups now in the States. So, being out here, I'm able to be myself and take the shots that I want to take. And that's probably the most exciting thing that it is about playing basketball. It's just playing free again. You don't got to think no more. I'm just doing me. So it's fun out here. So I, I got a question, um, both as a player and as a person. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've been following you on Instagram, seeing your exploits, you, you know, you living your best life. Do they still say that? Do they still say living your best life? That might be a little antiquated at this point. Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, my best okay, life good. Life. All right. Okay, cool. Just how are you better already and how are you going to be better as both a player and a person when you come back home? Man, I love that question. I think already I'm better just about my attitude. My perspective on life out here is completely different. I'm able to look at the glass half full, whereas I was looking before half empty, I want to say. And that sounds so cliche. But like that really was me and I my attitude was really negative at one point and like out here the mindset and perspective of just the people out here they're just so much happier for no reason like you're walking outside and people smile and it's like what's so what you smiling for like what's going on <laughs> but it's, it's different here and the coach he's very he takes a different philosophy and perspective on coaching to where like after any game, he's not coming to talk to you because emotions are high. And I respect that. Like, it's different. It's a very different perspective that I'm able to understand to, like, just breathe, you know? And I think mm. that is something I really needed. Um, and I, it's shown. It's literally shown. Like, in the game, my dad literally texted me in the group message and was like, you didn't get upset. You didn't look, like, mad in the game. Because I play the game with a chip on my shoulder. I think everybody knows that. And so he was like, you actually look like you were having fun. I'm like, cause it's fun again out here. It really is. And I'm able to say the game I'm having fun. Like, I I don't know. The last time I said that you guys probably was like winning a championship at Baylor with my, my sophomore year in college. Like that's a long time. So like I'm having fun. And then just like growing, like when I get home, I feel like it's going to be the biggest thing on the court for me. Just being able to, take on the versatility role of my life. Like I'm a very versatile player on court and I never really knew how to showcase that. And I think this coach here, coach guy, he's developing me into like um, a Draymond like player, like does all the dirty work, gets everybody. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. It's something that I had to really like sit back and like look in the mirror. Like if this is going to make me go the furthest, then I need to take that on. And it really is because it, it, Puts me in so many different... I can't be guarded at that point. Because you put a post on me, I can go by you. Put a guard on me, I can post you up. And that's his mindset. It's like, you're a w- walking matchup problem. So showcase that whenever you're on the court. And I was like, that's a that's a true statement, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm going to just take that and run with it. <laughs> Man, well, well we, we love that for you. I'll pass it back to you, Chris, to keep driving this, this here train. But I, I just want to say, like, again, I'm excited to be here. Because having Didi live from Down Under, thank you for checking in uh, the first few episodes, but like having you live from Down Under, you know, making this work for your schedule, just having you be a part of the three on three, having all you guys uh, be a part of the Inflection Network. It's just exciting. It's an exciting time for basketball to have your perspective. But to hear like that you're in such a great place just means it means that much more for this project. 
to have you at a great place in your life and a perspective that you bring to these basketball conversations, man. I, we love that for you, right, Chris? Oh <laughs> yeah, we we love it so much, and you can really see it. I mean, yeah. people that watch on YouTube, if you're listening, you can't see it, but you can see it on her face. Like she just has a glow about her, just ah. a carefree attitude, and mm -hmm. it comes across comes across mm -hmm. very well. So we are so grateful that you are doing well and you're back in your happy place. And we can't yeah. wait to see you dominate more and more oh. over there in Australia and then coming oh, back in the States. I, I just got to let it be out there. Just got to put it out there. Uh, but here's the thing when it comes to, you know, this show, right? The NBA is something that we're going to talk about a lot. And the Celtics have come out the gates, guys, blazing. I know they lost the Timberwolves on Monday in overtime, but they're six and one. They look like one of the best offensive teams uh, in the NBA, particularly in the East, right? Mm -hmm. And they've added Kristaps Porzingis, Drew Holiday. Those guys have really fit into their system well. And I think early on, especially with KP, some people were not sure how he would do because there's questions about his health availability, how he's going to work with that team. But he's done a phenomenal job. We know what Drew Holiday brings to the table. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a surprise for me, but it is a little surprising how well they've started in terms of the margin of victory um, against a lot of these teams. I was expecting maybe a little bit more struggle like we've seen with the Bucks. But, Michael, we know you all in with the NBA. So, like, what has impressed you the most? about this Boston squad to start the season? Uh, I, I would say the gelling, like, like you referenced. I mean, you know, for, to, for for them to come together so quickly and be so good so quickly says a lot. I mean, there was already a foundation. There was already an infrastructure. Obviously, you know, you know Joe Mazzula has got some experience as, as the head man. Now, adding Sam Cassell to that bench is big. Um Tatum and Brown, you know what you're getting from those guys. Horford, you know what you're getting from those guys. Derek White, even though he, you know he's hurt right now, so there was already a foundation. But to to ingratiate and to um, you know start to include and infuse KP and Drew Holiday so quickly, it speaks a lot to the Celtics' infrastructure and organization, but also to those guys and their versatility and their ability to uh, integrate themselves. The word I was looking for into the Celtics system. Uh, having said that, though. And we'll have a larger conversation about this, I'm sure, later in the show about the in-season tournament and the purpose behind the in-season tournament. I hate to be one of those people that's kind of like, yeah, we've seen this before. Like, I've seen them be good in the regular season before. Like, I, I you know, because I was one of those people last year. I will admit it was very prisoner of the moment-ish, but I was one of those people last year. After last year's um, playoff loss, I was like, these two dudes talking about Brown and Tatum, like these two dudes need to be great apart. They're really good individual players. I don't know if they're ever going to do it together. Um, so I was, I, I just didn't see it happening for Boston, even though they've been there at the end every year, just about, I didn't see it happening with, with this core in place. Then they went out and got KP and Drew Holiday. I'm like, Oh, okay, wait a second. You know, in Brad Stevens, Boston trust. So I still, I need to see it when it matters most. I don't mean to, trivialize and ignore the regular season because it does matter, but I've seen them be good in November and December before. I want to see what happens when they face this new look Sixers squad 
that's playing. Talk about playing free, Dee Dee. They look like they playing free. Embiid, Maxi, come on now. <laughs> Maxi, yeah. I you just know? I don't understand what you mean by being good later. They were literally in the finals two years ago, and last year they lost right. the Eastern Conference Finals. So like, right. I just feel like. The Celtics has always been that team that I could depend on to show up all the time. And then adding Porzingis and then Drew Holiday finally gave, putting Drew Holiday on that team finally gave them that veteran player that they need, the person with experience to close games out. I feel like adding Drew Holiday did that for them. So that's what I meant. Just to interject real quick. That's what I meant. Like, yes, they've always been in the conversation as title contenders. They've been to the finals. But there's always been that something missing. And it always seems like at the most inopportune times, the redundancy, if you will, between Tatum and Brown shows up and, yeah. and, and costs them. Maybe Drew Holiday is the answer to that, Didi. Drew, right. And Porzingis, I think. Porzingis does it for me. Like, he is somebody I can watch. He's somebody that... Is that walking matchup problem? He definitely can is like a you, center. It's like looking in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's what I like about Porzingis. And I think Porzingis is doing. He's they needed that Al Horford backup, you know. And well, now that they needed Al Horford, I don't think I wanted Al Horford starting. So now it's like Al Horford coming off the bench is like, oh, okay. Now this team might have something to play with. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, especially because Al Horford, Al Horford is like 45 years old, you know, right? so because I know he's not really 45, but it's because he's getting older, more wear and tear. So having right. a younger guy who, even though he is kind of injury prone, Christoph Porzingis starting with that team. And just as you said, what he brings to the table offensively um, really makes things a lot easier for this Celtics team. Now, to Michael's point about, yeah, I'm waiting to see it. You know, when it comes May and June, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, yo, they have found positions where they should be winning the NBA title, right? Multiple times, and no. they cannot get it done. So that is what he's talking. Too. You have to realize they don't have a coach too. At one point, like they've had so like adversity has hit Celtics so much. Let them give them a season where everything's clean. I think it'll all work out for them. So wait, Chris, you may notice already. I beg, uh, pardon my ignorance, like because I'm just getting to know. I'm just getting to know Didi here. <laughs> there seems to be some serious passion here. When it, like we talk about your yeah. Celtics and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Just this, wanted let, 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 let everybody brother. know. My brother has been a Celtics fan, y'all, since before I can remember. So like, I feel like this is coming underlying. Like this is DJ talking. This isn't me. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay, for my brother. <laughs> okay. okay, all right, all right. I got you. But wait, hold up, Dee. How how is your brother a a Boston Celtics fan when y'all from y'all from Houston, Texas? You know, and I'm gonna always rep it. H Town holding it down. I have no idea, you guys. My brother has just always been that lone sailor, though. He's a Boston Celtics fan. I've always been a LeBron wherever he at fan. So I was Cleveland, Miami Heat, Lakers. He's Boston Celtics. We're Dallas Cowboys fans. He's Minnesota Vikings. It will never make sense. It's just, it's just him. He's very, okay. he's stern on himself. I've learned a lot about your brother. Just <laughs> that one, just that one story. I've learned a lot about your brother. Okay, like Celtics, Minnesota Vikings, and, and he's the he's the the rebel in the family, right? The rebel. <laughs> he does. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah, we love rebels. We we love rebels. Somebody somebody who's gonna 
start the fire, you know what I'm saying, get a little controversial. Um, and, you know, I don't think this is controversial, though. Like, do we expect the Celtics, of course, as early as hell, do we expect the Celtics, you know, to come out the East as the number one seed this season? Because we know, I'm saying that because the Sixers, we got to see what they're how they're operating full-time, right, with their new roster. The Bucks, uh, Giannis and Dame have looked special at times, but – we also know how they can be a defense liability, particularly Dame, because he gets chewed up on those pick and rolls. Absolutely. And they have to work on those kinks. So for me, I'm a little more surprised. Well, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I just expected the Bucks not to have such drastic um, defensive issues so early. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, do you expect the Celtics to come out on top of the East? I'm going to go ahead and make Didi happy and DJ happy. And I'm going to say, <laughs> I, I do think uh, health notwithstanding, because, you know, the crazy thing is, like, first of all, I would say it's a three team. It's, it's really three teams, right? With all due respect to the rest of the conference, we're talking about the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucks. I, I don't know that anybody else is really in the conversation to come out of the East right now. But injuries change all of that, unfortunately. So provided everybody is healthy, I do think the, six, the, the Celtics, I beg your pardon, have the best – Five, six, right? Probably the best six. Uh, what do they have after that? What develops after that? They were very high on their internal, um, their, their internal prospects when it came to, to depth after the trade. They were like, no, we got some guys that you just may not be familiar with yet that will give us the depth we need. So I think with all of them, it's going to be about, um, the supporting cast, the others, as people like to say. I will say the Celtics because of, because of that continuity that Didi talked about. Uh, because they've been there the most. Um, I think Embiid, not to get off uh, on too much of a tangent, I like Joel Embiid a lot. I think Embiid has kind of gotten a pass a little bit because because he had Doc Rivers, he had James Harden, uh, who have playoff failures uh, enough for several lifetimes, and Embiid's <laughs> own shortcomings in the playoffs have gotten overlooked. So talk about, if I can say that about the Celtics, I can definitely say it about the Sixers with Embiid. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I think the most potential, though, is in Milwaukee, to your point, Chris. Like, if they could fix some of those early issues, and it is still very early, I'll take the Dame Yonner pairing over anybody. Uh, Dame Yonner. What did I just say? Dame Yonner. Sorry. I combined. Look, wait, wait. It was freak time. I combined Yonner and Lillard into Yonner. <laughs> the Dame Giannis, the Dame Giannis pairing over anybody. It's early. I'm sorry. It's early. <laughs> Y'all are Gian- <laughs> That don't sound as good as freak time. No, I like freak time. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think I agree. I'm sorry. I don't know. I just feel like even when Dame and Giannis figure it out, Dame time is a thing. I definitely am so hit on Dame time and Giannis and like. I get that. It's just defense is going to win games at the end of the day. Like you, I just do not see, cause the Celtics have always with Marcus smart. It was like, how are you going to score on that defense? You know what I mean? And you take Marcus smart out and you add drew holiday, which as you can see, his presence leaving Milwaukee, whenever they were, when he was there, they were fourth in defense. And like this year, they're what, like 25th in defense. So like, Seeing the presence that he had with Milwaukee, now adding that to Boston, who was already probably one of the top defensive teams last year, is kind of like, it's hard to, that's why I'm literally rocking with the Celtics coming out of the Eastern Conference. I can literally see that happening, even with Embiid. Like, and honestly, it's hard for me to say that too, because it's too early to tell. 
what Porzingis, how he can guard the bigger posts because he hasn't had to guard the MBs yet, you know? So I don't know. I'm scared to say that, but at the same time, it's like, I'm going to rock with Porzingis and Al Horford double team in the double team. In that. Chris, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm just so fascinated with Didi right now because, okay, like how, how you, how you hooping in Australia and I'm saying like an encyclopedia on the NBA. Like, like, so tell me about your routine. What time? What time? When did you sleep? Yeah. Like, when are you, when are you consuming all this basketball? Is what I want to know. Y'all have to understand. Our family group chat be bing, 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 bing while I'm sleeping, <laughs> and it's my brother and my dad going back and forth about the NBA. So I just be like, you guys, what's your thoughts on the games? And it's like. And I'm like, okay, I'm just inhaling all of that and absorbing all of this. So that's how my encyclopedia comes from Damian Richards and DJ Richards. I'm telling you, I'm speaking okay. their words. <laughs> okay, so, I got so, you. so Chris and Didi, settle this for me then. Which chat is is, is popping more? Oh. Didi's family chat or this three on three chat that I'm not in, but I've heard about it. It's legendary. I, I'm not in the chat. I ain't cool enough to be in it, but I've heard it is not stopping the three on three group chat. Hands down, three on three, y'all. One day I woke up. I have to. Y'all have to remember. I am sleep. One day I woke up to like a uh, 215 texts from three on three. I said, "Yo!" I had to throw my agent in there. I said, "Please take notes because it's hard for me to go back and read." I said, go in there and just take notes on what's going on. <laughs> you know what's hilarious about that, Didi, is, yeah, you had your agent in there. Um, and then we texted so damn much that, uh, what was it? I think last week she hopped out. She was, it was too much for her. <laughs> she, she left the doing, chat. <laughs> Gina left the chat. <laughs> I was like, wondering right. why my updates stopped. I'm about to text her and be like, you ain't telling me you hopped out of the group message. <laughs> hey. <laughs> There's a lot of shenanigans that be going on there. So I can understand if people are a little overwhelmed by it. But, you know, I want to say I, I feel like how many of the text messages do you actually read like that, that we send out there? Because you're very you got a lot going on. So understandably, right. you're not going to respond. But how much do you actually consume? Um, or are you just like, OK, I saw this text. All right. Now let, let me go on to the rest of my day. So, like, it depends because I like the the battles. I like the the questionnaire is on do you like candy corn or do you like i like that kind of stuff or the mint chocolate chip i like stuff like that so i'll read that when it's like that i'm like i wonder what they like because i'm it's easy to judge you to know if you like mint chocolate chip i'm sorry i hate to bring it all the way back there but if you like mint chocolate chip ice cream i know what kind of person you are you know so it's stuff like that and what kind, and, and what kind of person is that what do you mean what? by that? I mean, that was awfully judgmental. What, 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 I don't, don't want to get into that, but if you like mint chocolate chip, you are like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like your taste buds are completely messed up. I am not going in. I'm not supporting no mint chocolate chip stand or a candy corn stand. It's almost like y'all. Well, well, that's two different things. That's two different things. Okay. And candy corn's gross. But do, do, do not put mint chocolate chip in the same category. Like, it's no, hold on. person likes candy corn, likes the peeps on Easter. They all like that nasty, the stuff that nobody like, you know? That's that. I don't care. Okay, what shot, shots fired. Is that, is that you, Chris? You like all three of those? Because I'm a mint chocolate chip guy. I will, I will put off a mint chocolate chip. But Listen. peeps and candy corn, no thank you. Listen, okay. I am a mint chocolate chip hater. From three three hundred sixty five days a year, I but right, I love. Hold up, he's gonna be mad at me here. 
I love some candy corn. Love some candy corn. What is it? It's, what? It is the look. We talked about this last week. It is the the rush of sugar that you get from the candy corn. <laughs> how it's so easily digestible. The orange and the yellow. There's just something magical about it. The orange right? and yellow. Okay, it's give me lightsabers. You want colors? But, but I mean, but, but mint chocolate chip. See, forget candy corn. Like mint chocolate chip is like Dane and Giannis. Or oh, Yonner, or Yonnerd, or, or or Freak Time. It is an amazing combination. Like, why are y'all crapping on mint chocolate chip ice cream? Uh-uh. Unless it's like <laughs> Olive Garden, you know, the mint chocolate, the mint chocolates, you know? Oh, right, so right, you right, like, yeah. So you like just the mint chocolate. Uh, you I like your peppermint patties. I might yeah. be on a good day <laughs> to eat that, but I, it's like, it's on a great day. It's on like a day like, oh, that pasta was hitting. Like, I'm gonna grab the mint chocolate patty. But like, it's it don't taste good. I feel like it's so opposite. Who who thought to put mint and chocolate in one? A, gen- a genius is who thought of it. And honestly, Didi, I don't believe all that talk about you being a better person because you're in Australia. You are not nice. You are not nice. Yeah, I don't know what this, that water uh, yeah. they got out there. Yeah, you are not nice right now. <laughs> no, mint My youngest daughter lives for mint chocolate chip ice cream. It is delicious. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> if you need it, if, like, yeah, worst case scenario, okay, we'll take it. Right, it's not like gross. <laughs> it's not gross, but it's like I'm not looking at the menu, Michael, and saying, "Oh yeah, mint chocolate chip. Let me go get that." Right. I'd be so excited. It's like I'll eat it. Like I don't think I'm as a, much of a hater as Didi is on it. I can enjoy it, but uh, nah, bro, we not. That's not one of my favorites. It just doesn't right. make sense. Like ice cream and mint. I'm sorry. We can literally leave this conversation. I'm trying to accept it because Mike likes it. I really am. I'm trying to like, that's okay. Wrong. That's very Maybe. considerate of you. I'm just glad I'm not in this group chat. You know what? I was going to ask to be invited to this group chat, but if this is the type of stuff that goes on, no yeah. thank you. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, I'm very privileged to be here uh, in place of Tarika Foster Bransby while she's living it up in Paris. Um, and Tarika was the first one to give me doubts about this trio because of her disdain for Prince. Now, I'm really rethinking this, 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 these people that we put together because they are hate mint chocolate chip ice cream, uh, which says more about you than it does about anybody who likes mint chocolate chip ice cream. And then when I think Chris can't be any more of a hater, he goes to break in the previous segment talking about these damn courts just get off my lawn, turn your music down, turn down that public enema when it comes to the NBA in-season tournament. I love the courts, especially OKC's court. See, you you gotta realize who you're talking to. You're talking to somebody who I grew up in New Orleans, right? Similar to Houston, Didi. Like, we wear loud stuff. Like, my favorite jacket was this, this University of Tennessee pullover starter I had back in the day. I ain't even root for Tennessee, but it was orange. And you can see me from across the room. So I like loud stuff. I like I like the courts. I like my favorite. Here's something about me. The, the GOAT MC is Black Thought. My favorite okay. hip-hop act of all time is The Roots. Therefore, the NBA had me at the LL Cool J Roots. Mama said, knock you out anthem. I'm like, okay, I'm in on this. Yeah. So they got this anthem for it. I don't understand it because it counts toward the standings and it's like it's money and then they right. go to Vegas for the finals and the semifinals or whatever, um, which is cool. Maybe I get to cover it. The yeah. stakes aren't high enough yet. It needs higher stakes to really matter. But I like that it feels big because like I, like we talked about earlier, like, oh, we'll see what the what the Celtics do uh, in the playoffs this year. We'll see what the Sixers do or the Bucks do or whatever in the playoffs. Like, the regular season, man, the players don't care about it, which is why they got a, rest, a, a participation policy. A lot of players don't care about it. We, as a basketball culture, minimize the regular season because the reputations are made in the postseason. So I'm feeling this attempt, guys. Didi, I'll kick it to you. I'm feeling this attempt on the part of the NBA to make the regular season, especially before Christmas, matter. Yeah. I honestly, when you put it that way, it makes me a believer in it. But before 
I thought it was just, I thought it was messy. It was like, it was so much, like it was so much going on. I'm like, okay, now I got <laughs> a game and now I got to be thinking about my team's pool that they're in and who they're about to end up against. Like it was just a lot. Cause at first, when I first heard it, I thought it was going to be kind of like the commissioner cup, you know how in yeah. WNBA they have the commissioner cup game. I thought it was something like that. And then my brother's talking about it and I'm like, Oh, so every team they play first counts towards blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, sends me a layout. And I'm like, absolutely not. I will not read it all the <laughs> Like, I don't want to get into that. But the biggest thing that had me hooked on was the courts. The courts are exciting. Thank Although you. They're, they're distracting. Talk to Chris. They're super <laughs> distracting. I will say that. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot to see. Like, the court that... The Warriors was playing on that bright blue. I that was so the, the OKC court. No, yeah. it, it was so distracting. But I like the Miami Heat court. I like Miami Heat's court. It's like the best, the most conditioned. The oh, the culture. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corny, 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 corny. The but candy corn guy is saying corny. Like, look, how old are you, what, Chris? What how old are you? You sound, you're such an old man. I'm, I, I thought I was the oldest one. How old are you, Chris? Seriously. How old are you? I'm 31, but let me... Let 31 me. years old sounded like you're 71. Hey, you know what? People have said I always had an old soul, so this is not nothing new. What I was saying, what I was saying, Michael, for your information, is some people <laughs> look at those courts like those damn courts. I actually like the OKC courts. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I got receipts for that. I do. I thought okay. that was the best... The best visual one. Out so you were, when you said damn court, you were talking on behalf of the oh, – See, you yes. know what? And, I, and listen, first of all, respect for sitting there waiting patiently to tell me to go to hell and get my facts straight. Because I said – I went in on Chris, went to Didi, and Chris was like, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Like, I'll wait. <laughs> for your information, I do like the courts. Okay, Chris, say more. <laughs> yeah, I like some of them. Not all of them. Like the Pacers – the Pacers court is disgusting. It's That's disgusting. like a blue icy, yellow icy, uh, just so way too bright, way too bright. Yeah. And there, yeah, there's a whole lot of blue out there. The Miami court, I'm not a particular fan of, but the the signage out there with yeah, best condition. It's corny, but I'm a corny guy in some ways, so <laughs> I can't really hate. Right? <laughs> I can't really. If you are corny, can you call something else corny? Is that is that is that against the rules? Like if you, if you qualify as corny, as I do as well. Which, by the way, corny has a different connotation. We all corny. Didi, you corny too, right? Like corny has a different. Corny is now cool, low key. Corny became like when we was younger. Corny, when I was younger, Chris, you were a baby. When I went, Didi, you weren't born. When I was younger, corny was not a good thing to be. Now it feels like corny is like. Everybody's embraced their inner corniness. So, but can you call something corny if A, corny is cool and B, you are corny? I don't think you can call it corny. I think by definition, it's cool because as a corny person, yeah. if you see something and think it's corny, it cancels out the corniness. You understand what I'm saying? No? I, I understand it. The philosophy made sense and the math was mapping, if you ask me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm with you, but kind of not because something's, there's, <laughs> There's like different levels of corniness, right? It's like break it down, break a, it down. That's a corny, that's a corny ass joke. Like, nah, bro, that ain't it. But there are other times where it's like, oh, that's corny. You know what I'm saying? That's played out or that's cheesy, yeah. but it's it's cool, right? Yeah. So that that's where I'm at on it. Now, here, here's what I'll say: NBA players they making millions of dollars, right? You talk about the money, they get five hundred thousand each, right? If they win, 
Bro. This tournament. I agree. In Listen, Bones Highland said he had he had no idea what was going on. He was like, yeah, honestly, man, I don't know how these things work, right, for the Clippers. He was like, I don't know what's going on. All I know is, like, you know, we got to play these games, got to win them. And then somebody said, yeah, you get money for it. Is that enough motivation? He was like, yeah, that's that's enough. Like, <laughs> that $500,000, yeah, that's, I got, that's all the motivation I need. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's still early, and the whole, you know, setup is interesting, but you put money on the line, I'm be I'm be motivated for that. And we saw with the, you know, similar to the Commissioner's Cup, like New York Liberty won the Commissioner's Cup this past season on Vegas's home floor, right? So D, I know you were happy about that. Was but I? Because I wasn't there this year when they decided to win the Commissioner Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking missed out. <laughs> so I was like, well, good for you guys. Dang, what was that two years ago? You're like, dang, why couldn't I be on there, you know, this year? Um, I was waiting on but, you to say that. <laughs> come on, hey, listen, all I know is they could have used some could have used some help. They could have used some help <laughs> defensively and score. That's all I'm gonna say, Didi. We we saw the tape, we saw the film, saw you in Baylor, saw your liberty to start a, that's all that's all I'm gonna hey, say, right? Congrats on no. the the culture and how far they got because now we got fans coming whenever we decide to go back to New York, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> wow we can wow yeah <laughs> yeah that's it feels like, feels like there's a lot there there was a lot behind that wow that wow yeah she said a lot what i'll say she said a lot was saying a little you got to go on a monologue really sad. it was really sad to watch. i really wanted it for my i really did but like man to see it all unfold the way it unfolded was just wow period that's it Okay. All right, N enough said. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe uh, next episode we'll get into that a little <laughs> deeper. But y'all, but y'all, for real though, y'all, y'all be y'all be motivated to play for extra five hundred k, right? I, absolutely. The commissioner said, "What? We we don't even. What do you mean motivated to play for an extra five hundred k? We don't even get the not extra five hundred. <laughs> don't right. even get five hundred k. Like." <laughs> Uh, extra <laughs> when you put it when you put it like that, Didi. <laughs> I'm a little mad about that's the reason why I don't see the point of it. It's like, bro, you, what do y'all need this extra little chump change for? But that's just me being a little bit. To, so, to some of them, it's, it's chump change. To like to, to like the, you know the end of the bench dudes. Or like they, they, they may need that. Listen, that 500k. It, it go it goes a long way. You can do a lot with five hundred k, even if you got five hundred million in the bank. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. give, it to, <laughs> give it to your fellow WNBA players. Throw it to a hey, team. Throw it that's, to that's what that is. That's what that is. Send it. Send it to Sydney. Yeah, that's what that was. Send it. Send it this way. Yeah, send it to Sydney. Yeah. yeah. Express. But I I think though the the whole um, meaning behind it, the purpose is to get the casual fans more engaged, right? Mm -hmm. Something that people will be attracted to. Because, look, a lot of times the NBA season is a drag during these months, right, after yep, it starts yep. until Christmas. So people complain about it. Of course, they're going to still watch because they're rabid fans, but it's just a different, you know, thing to think about for yep. the regular season as opposed to, okay, can't wait till we get to the playoffs, can't wait till we get to April, May, and June, and then that's out, you know. so right. That's um, why I appreciate the effort. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna die. 
I feel like it's gonna what? die like All Star did. I feel like it's gonna, you know how the All Star they changed it for a little bit, but now they're going back to the East West. I feel like it's gonna be yeah. something like that. Like they're just fishing for something, which I understand. Like you got to see what works to see what right. doesn't work, kind of ordeal. Right. And like I feel like that's this is gonna be one of those things. They're trying okay. to do everything but shorten the season. What they're like, not going to do is right. give you fewer games. Not with nope. TV contracts coming up. <laughs> That's what they're not going to do. <laughs> hey, hey, they need to fix some TV contracts because we can't even watch some of these games because the streaming is out, out of control. But that's a conversation for another day. All I know is we're going to remember, Didi, we're going to check back in this like a couple years later to see if it actually did die. And if it did, mm-hmm. then we'll give you your flowers. If it doesn't, then we know where to find you. That's all I have. <laughs> Give me my flowers. <laughs> if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but what we saw Monday for the start of the college women's basketball season, Mm. seeing two black women head coaches in Neil Ivey and Dawn Staley, Notre Dame and SC respectively, playing in the first ever game collegiate game for women in paris 
France. Men, men's or women. Oh, men, women. Yeah, yeah, men or women. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Thank you, Michael, yeah. for correcting me. The show that they put on was exceptional, where you have these freshmen, Malaysia for Wiley for South Carolina, and Hidalgo for Notre Dame, and they were making highlight reels left and right. Absolutely. So much so that Magic Johnson got on Twitter and said, yo, these ladies are hooping. Like, this this is one of the best plays I've seen in Malaysia for Wiley's, you know, fast break layup or coast to coast. And you got Katie out here shouting them out. I don't think people really understand the gravity of what they just accomplished. Of course, South Carolina won big, mm-hmm. dropped 100 points on them on Notre Dame. But it's much bigger than just the score. Didi, isn't that right? Absolutely. And like, just to re-emphasize, two black coaches being the first to do that was absolutely legendary. Like, I love, Don was the one coach that, of course, everybody needed there, I feel like. But that was beyond legendary in the fact that all the fans that were there, like whenever you would see the camera pan around, it was so special for me to see that because you don't know how many games I've played where the gym has been empty. So like, I am just so happy. Like whenever they say like, you're doing this for who's to come next. That was one of those moments where it was like, it felt so like surreal and it felt like everything was coming when it was supposed to come. Like it, it was special to see on top of the debut of the freshmen's like, I feel like you can just see how the game is changing. First off, the game is like, it's more free on the girl's side. Like we're now playing, like, I feel like we're playing so much freer now. And it's fun to see with Malaysia and Hannah, but like, I feel like nobody is talking about, I just want to say this. I feel like nobody is talking about, I think her name, I wrote it down. Hold on. Let me go look. Camila Cardosa. Cardosa. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? 20 points, 15 rebounds and four blocks. Like nobody wants to talk about, how she was coming in after Aaliyah Boston the last couple of years, averaging like nine points. And this was her time to shine. And she got on that floor and shine in Paris. Okay. So I can't wait. South Carolina is going to be a force to be reckoned with to say the least, but I want to hear your stance, Mike, on like just the impact that this had on college basketball around the world. I, I will give you that in a second, but I, I actually want to like tap it back to you, a little touch pass back to you, because I want to ask you like, so we're going to talk about the, the, the macro and what it means for the women's game in particular, the sport in general. But I, I'm curious from a player's perspective, what is the lasting impact on these players, these young women to experience, you know, making history, being a, a trendsetter, being trailblazers? and playing the first collegiate game uh, in Paris. What, what does this do for the players? I think for the players that are playing right now, I just hope that they're sitting and they're like enjoying the moment. Like there's so many times where I did something and everybody's like, this is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And then you look back on it like, dang, I didn't even really take that in. And it impacted the world the way it did. So I think Mm. my biggest thing for them is just to sit there and breathe in Paris. Like realize where you are and where basketball is taking you. Like right now I'm in Sydney, Australia, and I take it as much as I can. You know, like it's, it's way bigger than basketball. It's letting basketball take you places you never will see. Some play, some people never left the state, the city that they're in. And basketball is carrying me all the way down under 17 hours ahead, 17 hour flight. So I think that's, that's where the impact it's more on you than it is the world. Like, let that sink in for you, like that yeah. what you've done for the world and what you've done for basketball yourself. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, my my global thought, pun intended, 
Uh, it's just the energy, man, the energy, all of it. Like I, I feel, I feel this shift. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys feel it too. Um, and Chris, you referenced, you know, Magic's tweeting about it. KD's tweeting about it. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's paying attention. Emphasis mm-hmm. on paying. Right. Pay. Amen. You know, because as Coach Staley said, like, it ain't on ESPN for free. And they ain't, bring, they ain't bring South Carolina and Notre Dame to Paris in the name of charity. Like, there's money to be made, you know, and money to be made, money to be spent on the women's game. But it's just, but it's coming from this energy and this enthusiasm because whether it's, you know, South Carolina, Notre Dame, whether it's Juju Watkins at USC dropping 32 in her college debut. Surpassing Lisa Leslie. Surpassing Lisa Leslie. Come on now. Come on now. Whether it's Colorado knocking off LSU. You know, it's like there's just so many storylines and so much energy to where we are normalizing uh, an enthusiasm and not a not not a not a not a not a a dip your toe in enthusiasm, but a ten toes down enthusiasm when it comes to the women's game across the board. To like that's that's just exciting to see. You know, I mean, we all we've talked about the the record ratings and the record attendance. Right. It's like there's just milestone after milestone, Chris. Speaking of milestones, bro, like remember what we saw earlier this season for an exhibition game, uh, Iowa, yeah, at Kinnick Stadium, where yeah. fifty five thousand plus mm-hmm. came to watch yeah. Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes go up against the DuPaul, DePaul Blue Demon. It shows you that it's not a gimmick. You know, it's not a charity. It's an investment. It's entertainment at the end of the day, and that is what we saw uh, at Iowa. And that's what we saw in Paris. And as the stakes get higher, just the more people will pour into the game. When I say pour it, I mean invest. Mm-hmm. Like, forget all this. Yeah, let's support the women's game. Let's, you know, support the. It ain't no damn charity. It's not a not for profit. It's not a make a wish. These are high level athletes who Absolutely. are putting so much time and energy into the game, as well as the coaches. Um, so I can't wait to see, you know, how things explode for the women's game in particular, because the sky's the limit. They have the storylines, as you mentioned, Michael, they have the superstars, you have the drama, you have the trash talk. Uh, But I do want to bring up something interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Dawn Staley probably had one of the, um, a black mom moment, one of the blackest mom moments um, (laughs) yesterday when they won the game and they were taking photos and you see Raven Johnson and her teammate, Sonya Ja, uh, start to put up some signs, some hand signals, right? <laughs> Raven <coughs> Raven sees Don to the side of her. She's like, oh, let me put my hands down. And then, <laughs> but then Sonya. Like Asia like Wilson. They go Becky. They go Becky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they go Becky. Yeah. This one was like, there go Don. There go Don. Right, right. And this time, Sonya, she decides to keep her hands up, right? With, I don't know what sign she was putting up. And then all of a sudden, Dawn sees it out of the corner of her eyes, and she has this rolled up paper in her hand, and she slaps her hand like, uh-uh, we, we ain't doing that. What, mm-hmm, this ain't mm-hmm. no, you know what I'm saying? They talk about, mm-hmm. in words in Paris, we, they say, we ain't for that, <laughs> right? That. We ain't that. Right, right, right. So, Didi, what, what did you make of that moment uh, in general, just how coaches, you know, inflect or impact their players in terms of their influence and understanding, like, 
how to lead, you know, as young ladies. Right. I think it's huge because at the end of the day, we're in college. We're still kids, you know? So I think college coaches, they take on the role of being your parent whenever they take you in. Like that's your mother away from home. Like that was Coach Mulkey for me. She was my mom away from home. She was still teaching us life lessons that you're still 18, 19, 20, 21. So you need that role. So I don't know. I love I love seeing that. I love seeing like the different hats that coaches have to put on. Like that was one of those ones where Don Staley put on the mom hat, like not today. Like you're not about to be doing that today. You're about to represent <laughs> this team and yourself the right way. So it was cool to see that. And it was cool for everybody in the world to kind of see that, oh, she has to do all this other stuff as well. Not just coach. That There's so many other like they have to monitor their schoolwork. They're in Paris. Like there's a coach on the team that monitors if you're turning in school. Like we have to do freaking what's it called? Study hall on the road. Like yep. I hated study hall on the road, by the way. But we had to do stuff like that, and it was an assistant coach in charge of that. So there's so many different hats that they have to put on within the system. So that was one of them. She is also a mom for that team as well. Well, let, let's be clear about something. Let's call it what it is. Like. Dawn Staley is everybody mama. Like if Dawn Staley yeah, checked me God. right now, I would listen to Dawn. If she if she slapped my hand, I'd be like, I'm sorry. Like, like she could she could be the boss of me right now. But but in all seriousness, like there is not a more influential person in basketball right now than Dawn Staley. Like Dawn Staley helped make that happen and was intentional about bringing Coach Ivy in Notre Dame right. with her. And that word intention. Right just really like resonated with me on when it comes to Dawn Staley and just how she moves. Cause I like to think that I, everything I say and do has been and is intentional. I don't do anything by accident. So when I see somebody doing that and, you know, and using her platform and using her accomplishments to lift somebody else or just lift the sport in general and, and how many people she mentors, whether it's former players, players that ain't never played for her or obviously her, her own players, it's just she's such an inspiration and she's such a G, you know what I mean? Like just everything she just the way she moves and in life to me, if you ain't moving with intention, then you literally wasting time. And she saw this opportunity to bring the game to Paris, knowing that she could pull that off. You know, it's just I can't I can't say enough about Dawn Staley. Like I take my hat off to her. I give her her flowers, you know. All the, all the credit in the world goes to Coach Taylor for just how she moves. So even, Chris, that that anecdote about her, you know, telling her player to, you know, put your hands down, she just sees the bigger picture all the oh, time. Yeah. Like, so we literally talk about taking a picture, and here she is seeing the bigger picture, like, that ain't a good look. You know, she always just on it in every aspect of her game. Absolutely. Man, she is man. a point guard. She, she saw the floor. That's Terrific. exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Use the peripherals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but can we talk about Malaysia with her peripherals? Like okay, come on she had she had one, <laughs> she, had one <laughs> she had one pass where she threw it to a uh, Tahina Pow Pow, um, the transfer from Oregon. And when she drove, like Pow Pow was still on the floor getting up. So mm-hmm. the fact that she had that wherewithal, the awareness is crazy Absolutely. to me as a freshman, y'all. Like yeah. And and Dawn, did uh, did y'all see Dawn's reaction? She like, turned away. She she, what, <laughs> she she didn't even bother to look if the basket went in because she yeah. was just so mesmerized by yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it's a great time for the game, man. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the NBA season is currently in its first month, right? They started mid-late October, now in early November, and we've seen some teams emerge as contenders. Some other teams look pretty flat. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies to be one. Uh, God bless them. I mean, that whole job Morant situation, I feel like, really derailed them. And you see even Marcus Smart's face sometimes. Uh, or there's one game where I think he was crying because he's just not used to that type of culture where they're mm-hmm. losing to start the season. But I'm interested – to know some of your hottest takes, Didi and Michael, about what you've seen so far, because we have had a lot of players rise to the occasion, in some cases, players who we did not expect to be so dominant. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm excited for this talk because I'm a huge fan of like uh, people that developed and like got the opportunity a little late and now they're here. And I feel like for me, that is Cam Thomas on the Brooklyn Nets. Like every game I feel like he played last year, 
that they gave him like the ball and just say, go hoop. He hooped and he showed up. So like for them to not play him and now to be this year where he is getting consistent playing time and he is consistently being trusted with the ball, it's showing like he already showed in the NCAA when he was second in scoring the year that he graduated that he could score the ball at a high clip. Mm-hmm. And what did I say? The Will Wade effect. Where DJ at? <laughs> Will Wade. So like I'm going for all Will Wade's players right now. And to see Cam Thomas go from, I think it was averaging like 10 point something points a game last year to now averaging like 28.9 points a game. It's insane the growth somebody can have when you believe in somebody and when you let them play. Like it's, I love seeing his game transform the way it has and take off the way it is. So that's my hot take. And it's Cam Thomas. Was that Cam? Okay. If I messed this up, correct me. Was that Cam that did the jump stop with his back to the basket? Yeah. And squared up in midair. Yeah, that was him, right? Oh my god! Oh my god! The body control to pull that off, man. It's he also has like a funky shot though, to where like it makes sense. Like it makes sense for him, like to be facing this way and shooting that way. I don't know. Whenever I see him play, it's always you're gonna foul him because just like Asia Wilson, like you're naturally gonna foul her because she. Her elbow is right here in front of you. So you got to just let him shoot it. For Cam Thomas, that's me. Like, his shot is so funky that it sets you up to foul him. So he can get all the <laughs> unorthodox shots off all the time. Mm. It makes it in his game. Well, speaking of fouls and speaking of showing, James Harden is who I want to uh, toss up uh, in this jump ball segment here. Because it's like, all right. You know, the old saying, when people show you who they are, believe them. I I feel like we know who James Harden is and who he isn't. But I'm holding out hope that, like every other relationship in his career, like every other stop in his career, that this doesn't end badly. For Even if he's only there for this year, who knows. But so, first game against the Knicks, um, he looked. He looked good, you know, 17, yeah. 6 and 9 from the field, yeah. 6 assists. He looked, he looked good. Um, but, I mean, you can't really take anything away from that, can you? Because, I mean, it's the first game. Uh, they're experimenting. I mean, Ty, Ty Lue said as much, but at least for the first 10 games, it's going to almost be like training camp, so he's figuring out lineups. I think he'll quickly figure out if they don't already know that Harden should have the ball in his hands, slash he and Russ should not be on the floor at the same time. Uh, as often as possible. They need to play a part as right. often as possible. But regardless, if those four guys, Kawhi, PG, Russ, and Harden, obviously, if those four guys are healthy and available, I'm hopeful that they can pleasantly surprise people like me, Chris, and actually make this work. And like we talked about, like the Clippers could actually you know, shout out to Freddie Gibbs, not get sent home early. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe this, I, I think this could actually work. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, Chris. You know, I want to say I'm optimistic, <laughs> but I, I just need to see it, bro. I just need, <laughs> I just need to see yeah, it. We've seen this like, movie before. <laughs> we've seen this movie so many times. Like, is the difference going to be the fact that he's back, you know, in his hometown? I don't know. Is it the, like, again, his awareness level? Is it about for Harden? Yeah, for hard. You know what I think the difference is going to be? Mm. That he's at best their third best player. Maybe their fourth. 
on some nights. If Russ getting, if right. Russ is doing his thing, he might be the four. And I think that's what Harden wants and needs at this point in his career is to get get a lot of the 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 credit, a lot of the the benefit, but none of the real pressure. Like even being the second best player in Philly was too much for him. I think at this point, I think that's what he wanted in Brooklyn. He was like, oh wait, KD, Kyrie. All right, I can get I can get in where I fit, I fit in. I'll be okay. I, I've done the thirty point thing. I've carried the team. I ain't got it in me to do that. I think he has actually more self awareness than y'all think. I think he knows okay. what he's not, and I think he knows that playing with with Kawhi, if Kawhi's available, and Paul George if he's healthy, and even Russell, you know, the one thing Russell's gonna do is play hard. Harden could pick right. his spots, and I think that's, that's why it could be different for him more than it's been in the other spots. Yeah, okay. that, that, that's fair. Those are a lot of great points. I don't, I don't hate it either. Mm. All yeah, right. And if they go farther into the playoffs, you know, than they have in the past, that'll be great for ratings, for entertainment mm-hmm. value, just to see if they're going to finally put it together with that loaded roster or if they're well, going it's to gonna be a up. disaster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> they go no in between. They're old too. Like they gotta figure it yeah. out. Oh, yeah. You know, like this cool this little lineup would have been super cool in twenty seventeen. Super cool. <laughs> right. yeah, it would like, have been amazing. Wow. Amazing. We got all of them together, but now it's yeah. like ooh. I don't know how this is going to work. It's like tw- 2017 all NBA first team right there. Right. <laughs> now they old grizzled veterans. Hey, but I will say this. Uh, Kawhi said he's done resting. Like he wants to play every game. So that is, that's something, you know, that's telling coming from him who's been like, I guess the poster child mm-hmm. for load management based on his knee injuries and all that. So they're old, um, but they still can cook as we've seen. You know who's not old whatsoever? Derek Lively. The center for the Dallas Mavericks, the rookie at a Duke Nation, as a, a Duke Blue Devil fan, <laughs> not, not apologize for it. He has come out to start the year impressing so many people. Like I knew he was talented coming out of Duke, but they're just different things that you're able to do when you're in college compared to when you're in the NBA, whether it's system or whatnot. And he has looked like a he he outshined y'all Victor Wembanyama in the opening game of the season for them. Yeah, like 16 points, 10 boards, was a massive rebounder. Is somebody who can get his mid range shots and also take it to the paint. Like, I think this is really going to help Dallas in terms of their offensive product productivity, but more importantly, as a rim protector, because defense has been something that has plagued them in the past. We talk about Luke and Kyrie; they're you know two of the best showstoppers in the game, but defensively wise. What, what are we doing? You add that with Grant Williams, come on now. They're going to be a contender. Now, does that mean they're going to end up NBA Finals or Western Conference Finals? Probably not. But I feel like they're not going to disappoint people as much as we may have expected because of these additions that they made um, in the way they're playing so far. Y'all, are y'all feeling Derek out there or not? Nah? I mean, I don't hate this right now. When you broke it down like that, I, I like Derek. I was a fan of Derek anyway, you know, but like putting him with, I, yeah, that's what Dallas needed. Well, now that you th- now that you said it, Luca can't guard him, couldn't guard a stop sign. So it's like, when you put somebody that can protect the rim for him, it's like, that might be, that might be the little oomph they needed. Like they kept saying that adding Kyrie was going to be the oomph. It wasn't, but like they needed, they needed some defensive presence. And 
honestly, Derek might have been that for them. I don't hate you thinking that they're going to be a contender. I don't see them going way, way far with it. But like, I don't, I don't hate that. And Grant is one of those workhorses that's going mm, yep. get do the dirty work, have a chip on his shoulder, might start a little fight. You know, it might be, it might work out <laughs> for them. Might work I like that. Yeah. Or might, or might poke the bear, as they say. You know, one way or the other, he's gonna do something. He gonna. But I, no, I, I, lo- I love the analysis, Chris. I, I do like the construction of this team. I like what I've seen so far. Mm. But speaking of far, we all know they only gonna go as far as those top dogs take them. You know what I mean? This, this it's gonna be about when it comes down to it, it's gonna be about Luca, and it's gonna be about Kyrie, and very similar to James Harden. Like, can we count on Kyrie at this point to a be available? And the B come through. We know he'll take and make big shots. We know he'll be brilliant. But you're right. But but to get to that point and to put themselves in that position, they needed the right roster tweaks. And I love that call out uh, of, of some of the subtle moves that you know a lot of people may not be paying attention to that have allowed them to get off to this hot start. So I like that. Good call. But that is going to do it for this edition of the Three on Three Pod. Make sure. Well, first, I just want to say we are so glad that we finally had Dee Richards on here live in color from Australia yeah. with her with her teddy bears and lions. Uh, what do you call them? Tricky tri- 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 and who? And Ducey. Tricky tri- and Ducey. You, you can't make it up. You Adorable. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, but, yeah, make sure to listen to the 3 on 3 podcast, y'all, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. The handle is the three on three pod. And then on Instagram, it's just three on three pod. But yeah, this is what you expect from a three on three episode. Except better. We'll get Except yes. better. Because I won't normally be here. Tarika will be here. It'll be even better. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Hold it down. Tarika will be back. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's it, y'all. Have a good week. All right. Appreciate you. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.